it's the you know, how to how to adopt a dandy episode. It's like for two of our <laughs> foreign listeners out there, <laughs> would you like a dandy in your country? <laughs> uh, anyway, how to be a good date? You how show up on time. Uh, that is actually a really important one and a very smooth segue. Where's well done? I was looking for a grid. <laughs> <laughs> and there it is. <laughs> yeah. The rules of being a good date number one is show up on time and uh, <laughs> show up, period. <laughs> so, so, so Mudcat, having prevailed upon us in previous episode that he was such a good date, uh, obviously just failed at the post on date rule number one. Maybe he's picking us up like a special ham sandwich. Mm. I don't nice. know if date rule number two, if you do turn up late, <laughs> bring a ham sandwich is exactly what you're doing. <laughs> Certainly not if you're dating Mama Cass. Oh! <laughs> too soon? <laughs> Might always Can be I too soon. bad jokes episode? Because I don't, I don't feel like I really I underperformed on that one. <laughs> you, didn't, you didn't get enough out? Well, before we go too much further, welcome everybody to the Modern Dandies Guide to Manliness episode. This is a conversation uh, about how to be a good date. And Liam, this came about because we were listening to Mudcat, as you were just saying. Uh, you heard that and you're like, oh, yeah, you know what? What do you do on a date? How? What are the key principles to being a good date? I agreed with you. I thought this would be an excellent uh, topic for a conversation. Mostly, I thought, because uh, we're all in serious relationships and have been for for quite some time. And I think dating is still important, although I could be better at it. I think that there are a lot of people out there who are in serious relationships who may struggle with this or may be exceptionally good. We'd love to hear from you. But then also we got the whole pandemic thing. How is dating even mm-hmm. happening? Of course, we don't know that side of it. At least I don't. Um, I hear it from some of my younger friends who are still single, but I, I thought this would be really interesting. I think the key thing here as well, there's dates and there's dating. And what mm-hmm. we're talking about here is being a good date. So right. we're not going to go into the, hey, you know, Tinder swipe left, swipe right, modern dating, blah, 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 whatever. We're actually talking about when, actually, it could include Zoom dates and so forth. <laughs> the thought was, what makes a good date? What makes a good date for you? What makes a good date in particular for the other person? And... How, could, how do we as dandies then interpret that into, into action? And I think it's really important to separate out the dating from the date because you know, dating is a phase of, you know, pre-phase of relationships, depending on what you're doing. And But dates, you can do at any time with anyone. Uh, you can have, have, you know, man dates or, you know, with your male friends rather than bro dates or however you want to do it. You can, you can, you know, go on dates with friends. You can go on dates with your long-term partner of many years. Uh, you can go on to terms with dates with, with someone that you just met. However, I believe, and I'm going to come out with my, you know, set forth my hypothesis here, that the principles of a good date are transferable across all of those situations. Yeah, I think so too. It's interesting to hear you open with this because it's exactly what I was uh, discussing yesterday in preparation for this which is, I believe that truly any engagement planned with another person is really a date. You know, it's, that's, that's what we're talking about here is that you're going to go do something with another person for the purposes of a relationship. 
Now, what that relationship is, as you described, Liam, it could just be a friend relationship. It could be a business relationship. It could just be passing time. It is a relationship. You're doing an activity. That's a date. And, uh, you know, to strip away perceived levels of intimacy, like, oh, if it's a date, it means blah, blah, blah. No, that's not necessarily true. That's the dating piece, which I don't think any of us are qualified anymore (laughs) to really do. (laughs) But going on a date is so important. There is a level of intimacy that happens, but you got to part of, I think that what we're going to talk about is understanding the appropriate levels of intimacy on a date uh, for both sides. But before we get into all that, Josh, what do you think about this topic? A date is just a commitment to make time for somebody else and with somebody else. Um, and, you know, we, we delayed our, our taping this morning by an hour because, I mean, since the very first days that Aubrey and I were, were dating in the dating versus dates kind of conversation, we have reserved 1030 to 1130 every Sunday morning during Meet the Press like if we're in the same place, if we're in different places, that that is time that, that we save for each other. So that is a date, and we call it date. Uh, every Sunday we have we have a Sunday morning date. We also have date nights, and, and you know try to make those different from just a a regular night where we grab food on the go. You know we're walking back from the office, let's let's grab something to to eat here or whatever. Like we have a date, and it, it during the pandemic it's been a lot of you know picnics on on the floor in front of the TV uh, to watch a movie or something like that. But it really, you know, to your other point about it doesn't have to be a, you know, romantic intimacy to be a date. We use, we use the phrase all the time, you know, going to get together, watch, watch a game. Great. It's date. It is very much about just setting aside a time to be present with somebody else. That, that's how I'm thinking about it uh, after your intro. So then what does it mean to be a good date, especially as a dandy? So, so I think Josh touches on for me what i think is the essence of being a good date which is being present it's way too easy and you see this way too often uh in in relationships outside relationships back pre-covid when you'd go and hang out and just like watch people on dates you could tell a good date from a bad date because one or both parties or both parties generally uh because otherwise they get discouraged at making the effort to be present that is they're not checking their phone all the time. That is probably date sin number one these days. It's fully agreed. Yep. And the other is that they're listening, that both sides are, spe- have, are spending equal airtime, and that's you know, talking and asking questions and so forth. And, and really, for a date, whether it's with your long-term partner or whether it's with someone you just met, a date, I think, is really made by asking questions more than, you know, telling, you know, speaking about yourself or you know, pontificating or you know, standing on a soapbox. So I think those two things about being present, and one of the greatest ways of illustrating being present is asking meaningful questions and listening to the answers. And in that case, it doesn't matter whether you met for coffee or whether you're at a Michelin-starred restaurant. That's going to be memorable to a lot of people because so many people just don't do it. That that's the such the key there. What you're saying about it doesn't matter if you were at a coffee shop or or an expensive Michelin star restaurant. I I spent so much of my time growing up, and I even still deal with it now. Where I think that a date has to be this huge, elaborate plan that involves multiple locations, and you know how you get to each location is part of the whole experience, and it's just this overproduced idea 
that I could never live up to and then starts killing the whole idea before it starts. And this is something I deal with all, you know, with, with lots of things. And over the years, I finally was able to start figuring out that it's exactly as you're saying, Liam, you know, it's not the place you went to. I mean, all these things are important, but more so is how are you acting while on the date and that listening and then being able to engage in whatever that topic was. So showing that you listened by then asking an appropriate question or elaborating on a certain area. I also think that showing through your preparation, like being prepared is also something that's very important, but not so much being prepared with something to say or this or that. That's important. I I just mean showing that you put some effort into it. Like what are, what did you wear? Did you shave? Did you know, how did you get ready for this date can also just show your interest in, in what's happening. People should not take my lack of shaving as a lack of interest. Not in, not in, in, in Josh's case, that would be, you know, the amount of time, time spent grooming. <laughs> yes. Yes. In fact, with your beard, Josh, I would imagine that you have to spend more time grooming than people who don't have a beard. Oh, I do spend a lot of time grooming this, this thing. Anyway, back onto the, the planning and preparation. Again, it's something that Manny, just from having talked to female friends and, and observed, you know, many men put zero effort into a date. They think that turning up, if that, is enough. They, oh, what do you want to do? Oh, I just want to do what you want to do. This is such a freaking cop-out ask some questions, come up with a plan, have a couple of backup plans. If the person doesn't like any of your backup plans, they probably don't like you very much or you haven't listened very much. So at that point, you know, gracefully nod and don't go on the date, but always have a plan and always have a backup plan. So if someone says, oh, things have changed, you know, I can't do do dinner. Oh, would you just like to do, um, you know, wine and a cocktail uh, or wine or a cocktail? I have this place that go, you know, 20 minutes. Having that sort of planning and preparation gives you some room to have grace and also just shows that respect and consideration. I mean, one of those things that like the hyper needy cycle or or like the, oh, I'm just too busy to plan at somebody else's job. Why don't you pick someplace? It, it goes back to that. It's telling the other person that you're just not interested. And this goes for, for, for men and women as well. And you can say, well, next time, where would you like to go? But if you're asking someone out, whether you're male or female, have the plan so that if they say yes, you know what they're, you know exactly what you're going to do. Great. How about da? I hear that you like, you know, French crepes. I know this galette restaurant. Let's go there. And it's also an opportunity to reinforce that you've actually listened or taken note of the things that they like. And so therefore you're already setting yourself up to be a good date. Yes. It's finding that balance of being attentive, but not being dominant which I think is what all of our conversations are about actually, you know? And so this is a nice way to reinforce some of the topics we've, or points that we've made previously. I find that there's that struggle of you want to show your partner or whomever you're, you're planning this date with that you care about their input. And so the natural inclination might be, where would you like to go? But I agree with you, Liam, that so often that's used as a cop-out and what I'll like to do instead is offer an idea first 
but then say, but what do you think about that? Is some is that something you'd be interested in, or do you have, or do you have another idea, or it's however you want to phrase that that it shows. I have a plan. If you're in for it, let's just do that. But I'm open if you have different ideas. And that gives someone the opportunity to speak up and say, you know what? I really don't want Chinese. We had Chinese a week ago. I'd really like some sushi. Perfect. You know what? That's fine. Let's do that. Let's order it and then wear all of our masks and (laughs) sit at home and watch a movie. (laughs) But it's that the whole idea is, you know, like, how do you find that balance? And honestly, asking questions is a great way of doing it. But more so, just don't be afraid to take that initiative and to have that plan. You know, to your point, Liam, like, be ready for that plan to be shot down not because they don't want to be with you, but because they just don't happen to like that plant. Have other ideas in mind. Yeah, and I think when Mudcat was talking about what a great date he was, <laughs> I, I think uh, aside from not, not turning up to this date, um, <laughs> the old reliable uh, that was kind of what he was he was getting on about, which is that you know he puts some thought and preparation into it. He puts the thought into his own you know, presentation and making the other person feeling comfortable. And if we think about a date, again, even whether it's with someone you've known a long time or a short time, it breaks down into, you know, know, three basic phases, you know, before the date, during the date, and after the date. And so to deliver a really good date and a really sort of meaningful experience for everybody involved, you kind of have to understand the dynamics and have your plan and preparation done for each of those three phases of of the date so we like we've just been talking about you know setting it all up you know your planning your preparation when you're actually on the date you can also f it up mightily by some of the you know by not continuing that thoughtfulness i.e you've done it all leading up and then you you jump onto the field and you're sitting there at the table or, or wherever it is you happen to be and you can still utterly mess it up. And I think that's that's the next part is after your planning and preparation, you have to continue that being present and thoughtfulness. You know, don't suddenly do all this and do all the wooing and, and the listening and pick a really nice place, then sit there on your phone or spend the entire time, you know, talking about sports when they don't like sports. And and that I think is like the next, you know, that next phase beyond. Or like at, at home, what can happen, and I've had this, is that you sit down at the table and and conversation peters off a bit. So you reach for the phone just to, oh, I just got to check this one thing. And then that's it. That's date done. That is no longer a date. That's that's yep. that's your routine quick dinner at home and and anything special about it has just gone out the window. Agreed. Have you guys ever been taken on a date? It's I was this is one of the things I was talking about with Joy in preparation to this, uh, trying to gather my thoughts naturally, I always, and this is a gender thing, I always start thinking about, oh, if we're going to talk about dates, it's, oh, well, clearly it's the man asking out the woman on a date and blah, 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 blah. And that's how the conversation starts. But that's not true. That uh, I'm curious, have either of you been asked to go on a date where you were just more, you weren't doing the planning, you weren't, you know, you were being taken on a date? Oh, yeah. And I think that's yeah. important. And, and- you know, let's also remember that we have listeners who are probably men being taken out by men. Uh, so, you know. And, and hopefully women being taken out by women. Exactly. I think our, our audience tends to be more, more male, but yes. Um, <laughs> in general, like, you know, it, it's not the 50s anymore. 
I love getting taken out on dates. And I, mm-hmm. I think it's also, it is a way, if you are the, the, the partner who is usually being taken out, it is a, is a way to show appreciation for the, the thought and planning that goes into a date to, to reverse those roles. Because there, there is a lot of work that goes into it. And, and like anything in a relationship, you know, work should be borne by both partners. It just, and it feels really good to get taken out on a date. It, I, yeah, absolutely. Right. Like, Hey, I planned this, I planned this great night for us. Hey, I, I know you wanted to try this restaurant and you know, there's a, there's a great place to grab a cocktail beforehand. Let, let's meet up there. It, it's great. It, it feels good. What are the, some of the things, cause again, I want to stay on, on Liam's uh, phase here where we are on the date. Mm-hmm. What can a person do if you are, if we're looking at roles, if you are the person being taken on the date, what are some elements of being a good date from that perspective? And I'll just start with some of the things that I'd been thinking about, which is, you know, really being open to new ideas. Some of the things that can happen is, you know, if someone is saying, Hey, you know, uh, would you like to go to this place? Maybe it's not a place that I would normally want to go to like, uh, like a type of food or a type of music. If, if we're pretending that you can still do that, uh, you know, yeah. uh, or, you know, in a classic sense, it's a movie you don't want to see or, you know, any of these kinds of things. It's a magic show, although I love magic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, being, to me, being a good date is also finding that balance of being able to express your needs and wants clearly, especially limitations, but also trying to open yourself up to some new experiences because, that's how you get to experience more things and have a happier life. I think. And, and being active. There are times when you know, someone's going to suggest something as a date that like you just really don't want to do. And I think it's okay to say like, I'm not into that. Like, can we do something else? I'm not into that. Like, I like this other thing, but nothing kills the mood more than yeah, not really feeling it. Mm-hmm. And just leaving it. Right. Like it's still a relationship and that, that means there's still got to be some two way, yeah, communication uh, there, um, and I and I agree. I think it's it's like firstly, I'm completely with Josh. Is that I love being taken on dates, like surprise dates, where some someone will just say, "Hey, grab your coat. We're going to go do something." Oh, really? Okay. And then my innate curiosity kicks in and go, "I'm going to go along with this." And so many times, it's been really well considered and really well thought through. And it's not things that I'd necessarily have picked to myself, and that is just makes it really special. It's, like it's really nice to be to be treated. And, and again, it's talking about relationship building. You know, it's, it just shows that someone really has understood what I really like and therefore equally what I don't like. I.e. they didn't say we're going to go bowling and, or, you know, or stop golf. Hmm. You know, <laughs> some people I know would love that. Me, not so much. But I do think in terms of what makes the difference on the date, I'm going to come back to it again is particularly for men, it's important to listen and to ask questions that show that you're listening. And that's just, if you had to ask me the the essence of manners and charm, charm in particular, that is the essence of being charming, is listening and answering thoughtful questions and giving someone your undivided attention, or at least making them feel that way, is the essence of, of charm. And then simple manners taking someone's coat. If someone's made an effort, make an effort back. So many times I've seen guys like stomping into the restaurant, they sit down first, they 
make terrible choice in wine because they're dickheads. And then they they think that that's making them a good date because, you know, they're playing the dominant alpha male role. She'll have the fish. <laughs> what? Yes. Oh, wow. Um, she's, she's allergic to fish. I always, and Wes, you've seen me do this. It's like I always have Emily taste the wine. I've done this for years. I always have my female friends taste the wine, partly because I have a terrible taste. I mean, a very bland taste in wine. I can pick different Scotch whiskeys out the wazoo, but I don't have a lot of subtlety in my palate. So I defer to my guests to to sample the wine. I go, is it red, white, like red or white wine? Is it wine or is it vinegar? And that's a kind of how differentiated my palate is most of the time. But I also think it's polite. You know, it 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 breaks the oh, you're the man. You must make all the decisions, and here's the decision on wine. It's like going, nope, the lady's lady's going to be trying it, and uh, and make sure that they put you know pour them for. I mean, the most of the restaurants will do this anyway. Pour them first. Let the woman order first. Let the you know, and people like, oh, that's very old fashioned. Oh, you're being misogynistic. I said, mm, no, I don't think so. I think a lot of that is just good manners. When it goes back to what I was just saying about being taken on the date, like if I were being taken on the date, I, and Liam, you've done this for me. You'll have me. <laughs> no, but Joy does this. Was too. I a good date? <laughs> You're a very good date, Liam. This is why we. I keep seeing you now. That <laughs> yeah, um, what was it that Joy said about me once? Uh, turns up in a in a limo wearing Armani and wonders why he gets the champagne menu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> The uh, but no, but in all seriousness, like it, your point about oh well, that's misogyny. You know, no, it isn't. It's it's about a responsibility of role where you know we're looking at this as is there's a person who is kind of taking the responsibility of the date, and there are just some traditions that go along with that. And yes, they are typically seen as gender based, but I like this experiences I've had. You know, especially when it's you're going out on a date with a friend. A male friend, you know, it's like the, I'm joking, like I go on a date with Liam, but I do, you know, we go out, yeah. we go get pizza or we'll go get beers or we'll go, you know, do this or that. Or, or clothes shopping. You know. we, we yes, made, clothes we, shopping. We have yes. clothes shopping dates, which, which yes. intersperse yeah. buying clothes Suits. with cocktails. Well, yeah. we, we had a, a, what, nine day men's date for my yeah. 50th birthday. That's how this whole thing got started across four across four cities and and numerous flights. That was an an, an, an exaggerated, extended rather, not exaggerated because if we'd exaggerate any more, we'd all be dead. Um, <laughs> uh, date across across you know, multiple time zones, and in fact, it's, it's, it just occurred to me uh, that that's actually that was actually the case because we did everything that we were just describing uh, in the lead up to to our first recording of of this this podcast. That's right. That's actually kind of funny. It's this kind of, which gives us nice circularity in terms of, yes. of coming to the end of our second season. And Mudcat cooked for us, baked. Well, he did both. Baked. Did he both. made us biscuits first, but uh, which which I guess would be baking. But that was yeah. that was amazing. Now for the listener, <laughs> what we're really getting at <laughs> is that it's okay to follow the traditions that are in a date, but. You know, just acknowledge that they're not gender based. Like, if someone's taking you on a date, it's okay. You know, get the wine first. Like, be be treated a little bit and be okay with that. I have a couple of like rules about this. It's like going um, if you're at the door and somebody's leaving a building, you let the person out of the building before you go in, depending on the weather. Uh, and if it's raining outside, they should let the person into the building before you step out. 
if someone is wearing high heels, you open the door for them. If you don't know why, I suggest you go and practice wearing high heels. It's not easy. It, it's 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 not easy, as Wes and I know from some of our dates. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Josh is like, I'm just going to leave. <laughs> Josh is just banging his head against the mic. Either that or he's, he's sitting there going, I've missed some of these dates. There's so much potential. Right? Like, you, you can hold the door for me. <laughs> All of those are, are uh, good points. And, and part of it as well is like an essential part of, again, of the, the charm and the manners is it's what makes the other person feel comfortable. So if you're overdoing it and the other person is is feeling uncomfortable, then you're not going to be a good good date. So you can't be too obsequious or overbearing or fussy because you know, it's the other person that you're trying to make special. I think the best advice that I ever got is that on a date, like in so many other things in life, the best way to regard it is you being the least interesting thing in the room. And <laughs> everything else in the room is more interesting than you are. And therefore, you should spend the absolute minimum amount of time without being dismissive or rude, you know, talking about yourself and your interests. It's the other person. It's the things outside the room. It's it's the other people in the room. It, as you, going back to what you were saying, Wes, it's the experience that's that's important, not you. And I just think that was such a fabulous piece of advice. I think that sums it up perfectly. It's the experience. There's a couple of ways we can move on. There's in the show notes, how did, you know, how does this work during the pandemic? I'm a little hesitant to go down this road because it's like pandemic, 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 pandemic. Although I can see that there would be some value in acknowledging that all of these things are still possible to do, even in these times where you can't go bowling. Uh, <laughs> so I can say to do mine really quickly at the moment. A lot of those principles stand the same. I just think it's even more important to do things like we dress up the living space. It's like when we get on for our Zoom dates with either of you and, and your ladies and so forth, we put on nice clothes. We clean up as if we were having genuine guests over. And you know, we don't just, oh, I'm going to put on a nice shirt and leave my you know, sweatpants on the bottom half and like pretend that way. And it's the same when we have an in-home date. We actually go through, you know, we'll put on something nicer. Sometimes we will, sometimes we won't. But we, we will put the phones away. We will, we will have some nice music playing in the background. You know, we'll clear the table. We'll clear away, you know, the signs of work and things like that so that we, are, we have made a contribution into the space, again, part of the preparation, so that when we sit down, this is like going, this is a formal time for us to be present with each other. Um, as Emily knows, I get really grumpy about the the cell phone thing because I turn my cell phone off and leave it in different rooms and you know, put it in Faraday bags and things like that because I really just don't want to be distracted. And she's still a little bit more in the oh, I feel I have to be you know, present for all of these other people on on the and her clients and things like that. And, and she has much harder time you know, putting it down. So I really doubly appreciate when when she does because you know that's that's you know her. That's a big effort for her, commitment for her to to sit down and then just enjoy when we talk about you know different different things, and then part of that is have something to say. Going back to your earlier point, Wes, it's like part of the preparation is don't just get stuck there. You know, going um, the Economist once had a wonderful billboard in uh, that I saw in London that said the loneliest place on earth is the edge of a conversation. 
Yeah. And it's even more so when there's just two of you. Well, especially someone you live with yeah. and you talk to regularly. There's the brilliant, wonderful side of the relationship where you have the comfortable silences because you don't have to keep talking. But those are just like quiet, shared, cuddly moments. If you're on a date, you want to still be active in conversation and it's it's tough. It's almost harder to come up with those talking points. And I hate that I just said talking points, but just conversation topics uh, with someone that you know extremely well. Uh, I've been with Joy for 16 years and now we're both working from home and we see each other all the time. Uh, we, we talk regularly throughout the day as we're you know getting a snack or a coffee or something like that. And And so we know what's going on at work. We know what's going on at home where we're sitting there. So what do you talk about? How do you engage? It's it's harder, but it's still important. Uh, I wanted to add another little pro tip uh, on the home date is when you, you know, you want to put away those electronics, you want to turn the TV off, but when you want, you want to listen to some music, try to get music without ads. So if, you know, if you're using uh, one of the many, wonderful podcast streaming services like Spotify, <laughs> not a sponsor. <laughs> they, uh, you know, if you want to listen to some music, if you're using a streaming service, try to get something without ads because that moment that that ad pops in, it's like the same thing as the phone going off. It yeah. really breaks that moment. The design to interrupt. And, mm-hmm. and while people think that they're immune to them, they are, they are very, very far from that. I want to go over to Josh because Josh, you must be. Are, are you in your new house? House yet? You're no, in your new home. It's, it is. It is not yet our new house. So, uh, a week from Thursday we close. Woot! You must be very excited because it looks beautiful. Oh, we're super excited. We're we're having trouble because we need things like a washing machine and furniture. Um, <laughs> but we also are both. These are overrated. <laughs> yeah, but the, you know, we're also both in the midst of you know the the, the most important election of our lifetimes, right? Yeah. Uh, which we both. Are, are involved in, in, in working on. So like we don't have a ton of free time. You know, we close nine days after the election, we get married nine days after we close. We're, we're planning on a phased move in uh, that will hopefully get us there completely there by December 31st. Yeah. We're, we're, we're looking forward to being in different rooms and being able to come back together and ask, you know, how was your day without having to, <laughs> we're looking forward to not having to, to be on each other's conference calls. Yeah, I can tell you getting, you know, that's the whole reason why we're here in Texas is uh, just more space, uh, you know, so we're not, <laughs> we're not on each other's conference calls. Mm-hmm. So, so I, th- I think the one, the one thing that we, that we were, I, I then said is like, we talked about the importance of like your planning and preparation and the things you do before the date and then about the execution. There is then after the date. And I think this, this is where the, how things go with your significant other that you've had known for a long time versus how you behave with someone completely new. But it's a epic point for there to be catastrophic failure in communication after a date. And avoiding that, I think it's, again, is part of the essence of, of being a good date for someone. So Wes, why don't you start off times when you catastrophically failed after a date? Yeah. <laughs> well, there are many. <laughs> If you know me real well, I'm not actually a really good date in a tradi- in like in a in a romantic sense. Like I think that I'm like a really fun hangout, like a you know, like in a friendship type environment, business type environment. I can be very intimate, 
but there's like that middle ground. And this is exactly what you're talking about, Liam. So there's, you successfully closed and you're now at an intimate point. <laughs> You've extended the date or, or not. And there's this, there's this transition period where you can really screw it up. And this is, I think what my normal routine would be is really screw it up. Um, mostly by just not taking the cues and, and, and not going for it. But in, in this case, it was just, it was just a lot of oddities where I don't think I could point to anything specific, but it was just, you know, not picking up on the cues to, you know, just stop talking and like go for like a hug or a kiss or, you know, or, you know, just dragging on a date a little too long. Like, Mm -hmm. like the natural progression of the date had kind of ended, but the plan hadn't ended. And so you're artificially stretching out this date because that's what kind of your bullet, your, your preparation tells you to do. And so you're just not reading any of the cues and you're just kind of stretching things on. (laughs) So, uh, like this one date I had, you know, I, I borrowed my mom's Porsche Boxster, um, cause I wanted to be impressive and, you know, we went and got some food. She didn't like the food. She wasn't impressed by the car. Uh, I was just talking nonsense. It was just overall a terrible date. And then uh, the funny part was she, you know, she went off and slept with some just total drunk dipshit. You know, she's like, oh yeah, that's what she wanted, you know, but, uh, during your date, (laughs) no, 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 no. Like weeks and weeks later, but, uh, it was just such an odd date. Yeah. That would have been a bummer date. Um, but it's just a weird thing. Like another funny joke when I was a freshman in college, this wasn't a date, but just a a funny thing I think of, of like trying to extend the date too far. Like, uh, I was invited over to this lady's house. Didn't, you know, fairly tame PG 13 stuff. But the next day, instead of just going, cause we were drinking, so I couldn't get home. So next day I should have just, you know, good morning, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I've got stuff to do. I'm going to go. I just kind of like hung out and watched X files for like several hours <laughs> And never heard from that person again. But that was a that was a pretty epic failure on the really reading what this was when it was actually over, uh, and and so on and so forth. So it, yeah, pretty comical and and distinguishable failures uh, on my part. Yeah, and I think it understanding the transition. So yeah, don't let dates drag on too long. In fact, you know, leave people wanting to see you again. Also, I mean, don't bring them to a close too shortly or else you seem that you're disinterested. This is like going, oh, okay, you've had your 90 minutes. Ding, check, please, out the door, bye-bye. King slam, vroom. And, you know, always leave them wanting more. <laughs> always leave them wanting more. And I think it does take some practice, particularly if you're out of out of practice, to you know, understand uh, you know, that, that point to bow out. And I know in one of the earlier episodes where, like, Mudcat was talking about the, oh, I like doing the touch on the thigh, the touch on the arm thing. Everybody knows about that now, and I just think it's super creepy and it's not natural for me. Uh, so I let, when I was dating, I let women touch me first. And even when they do touch me first, it doesn't mean that I, I sort of like go sort of like lunging in for the tit grab and try and stick my tongue down their throat, which I have seen men try and do. Not to me, fortunately. Or unfortunately. Wes, <laughs> <laughs> Wes control yourself. And so I think it is really important to, to like you say, at, at the end of the date, don't let your hopes or ambitions 
burn all of your hard work to the ground. Some some women are just going to go, yep, I just wanted to play, you know, play, you know, oily times on Bouncy Castle. And there's a mental image for you. But others are going going to go, well, if they really like you, maybe they just uh, set up a time for a next date. So, you know, say, going back to Josh's point, be honest. It's like going, I've really enjoyed our time. Would you, you know, you know would you like to meet up again? Or I'd like to meet up again. How about we insert your plan here? Well, wait, 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 wait. Am I the only one who's going to talk about their failures? <laughs> oh no, I, I, I am, I am. I, I just took them onto positives, but I thought I thought it'd be fun to set you up. <laughs> it would be like a spin-off podcast. I have all of your above failures and then some. Completely misconstruing, in in, in both ways. Completely thinking that someone was disinterested in me when they uh, when they were in fact very interested in me. This happened yep. a lot of times. Um. And uh, particularly when I was younger, being the gab fest, overstaying welcome, having somebody overstay their welcome, you know, so it's like, you know, it, it was very nice meeting you, insert what's your name here, uh, but, um, you know, it's time for you to leave because, you know, I'm really upset that you actually know my address. <laughs> Been there. <laughs> um, so, so, so be careful what you let follow you home. And, and I think it's, now again, it, learn from your past mistakes and then the next time around don't do those things let me see if let me see if what's what's absolutely teeth grindingly cringing one oh assuming something was a romantic date when it wasn't a romantic date oh yeah mm-hmm. and you know that mix of expectations wasn't hashed out at the beginning there was another date that just turned into going back to a point I was come out of a relationship and was very unhappy and I met this really nice girl through at, at work, through work, and we'd always had a really nice, you know, professional work relationship, and we sort of like became a bit of a friendship. And then we decided we'd sort of go on a date. Then somehow we got started talking about things that made us sad, and <laughs> it was just draining. And I know, and she lived out in in East East London's uh, the Docklands area, and I knew it took me like two and a half hours to get home. And I know by the time I got home, I was just completely emotionally wrought and, and drained. And seriously, I was, I was like in, in had a low grade depression for about a week. And I know that she felt the same. And so I was like, oh yeah, we we you know, every time I'd see her, it's like going, now I just feel the depths of sadness. <laughs> that was miserably awful. <laughs> yeah, all the lead up to it was fine, but the execution and, and the the exit was 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 pretty grim. Yeah, if if someone looks at you and just sees you know sadness and death, that's that's probably not going to bode well for a good relationship. Worst Tinder profile ever. <laughs> um, no, and you know, like for me, I, I I am you know if you if you buy into the Myers Briggs things, I'm an ENFP, and apparently one of the things is that comes with all of that is that everyone thinks you're flirting with them all the time, and it also you have very little understanding of if people are flirting with you or not because you're just naturally friendly and like small eye intimate with people. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like lots of things misconstrued over the years. Um, yes. Lots of times. Yes. I had that particularly in a work environment where I would be my sort of charming, friendly self. Um, it would treat everyone with respect. And I, I would not realize when the person responding to it wasn't just being, Oh, you know, work flirty. And, and, uh, it caused quite a number of people to get their their noses in a in a twist. And at one point, there was a there was a rumor going around the company that 
I was dating these two women and that I was also gay all at the same time. And neither <laughs> of the two women that I was reputedly dating were actually the person at work that I was dating. Because we were keeping, we weren't hiding it, but we, we were keeping it, you know, off the books so that, so that people, because people would always say, you could be up in your business about all this, all kinds of things. And uh, she came back and says, like, going, I just had to put up an entire day of people gossiping about you because apparently you're dating this person and this person, one of those people, one of those women I'd never met, and that apparently <laughs> you're gay. And I was just like going, I'm busy, aren't I? I mean, I don't know where I get the energy. And and, and, and she managed to get quite cross because obviously she found this quite stressful. And and then she just she just thought about it for a minute and just started laughing. It's like we saw each other pretty much every evening, and if she hadn't, she knew exactly where I was because you know, she also worked for the company and 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 so on. It's just like it's like going, when would I have the time? So be careful about being too too flirty. And note yeah. that Liam has has not yet refuted uh, the dating the man. Uh, I, I like, was not I no I was, time for those two women. No time for those. Uh, no time for dating that many people, I think was my comment. Uh, <laughs> and no, I wasn't dating any men at that time. What are the things that make a memorable? Uh, how have you known that a date is going well? Ooh, I'm going to let Josh go first on this one. The opposite of this. Uh, <laughs> if your conversation doesn't require a great deal of effort, if you don't recognize the amount of time that's gone by, you know, if, if the waiter comes by and says like, are you ready for dessert? And you don't remember ordering an, you know, ordering an entree, like those are all good signs. If you are present with a person and that time is not, is effortless, like you're in a pretty good place. Um, whether, and again, whether it's a, a friend date or, or, or a romantic date, if you don't care what's happening on your phone, Basically, if you are sort of transported to a place where the only thing in your consciousness is what you are doing and the person you are doing it with, like you're in great shape. I completely agree. And and there's a moment when it's not just you, it is the both of you moment. And whatever that little thing happens to be is, uh, again, I think the, the more of you experience, then you go, aha, this is what it's supposed to feel like. You can also know when it's not that. And I think, Josh, you, you, yeah, you articulated pretty well. It's just that moment when you, you have that rapport and, you know, that laugh and that look and that synergy of emotion, whatever it happens to be, we can go, I can see that they're enjoying this as much as I am. And I can feel, literally feel, that they're enjoying this as much as I am. And, and it, it can represent itself. I mean, that's as individual as any two people could possibly be. Yeah, exactly right, Liam. It's where it just becomes an us moment as opposed to either or. And I'm trying to think of things that are just not scenes from movies. But I I think for me, it's a proximity. You know, the the person you're on a date with wants to be closer to you physically. I don't know how that plays out with strangers now, (laughs) but uh, with the masks and whatnot. But the the signs that I see from a date, if it's going well, yeah, it's the focused attention, but you know, it could be a look, it could be a laugh as your thing, Liam, but it's without being just too rosy eyed about it. I, I think that it's a, there are physical signs that your date wants to be near you as opposed to the opposite. That's why I rely on this. Someone 
and some people are more touchy than others and, and some people touching me can make me feel, you know, aside from close friends, I generally don't like people touching me. So, you know, if someone touched me and it feels natural, uh, and this is why I think I, I feel for the women when the guy's playing the touchy game and I see guys doing it and I can see women just like their skin crawling, but they're trying to be polite. Firstly, stop being polite and tell them to fuck off. Uh, you know, get up and walk away. He's not going to get any better. And I think that about a lot of things on dates in in general, which is male or female, call out rudeness because that is not going to get any better. And if someone on your date, no matter whether they're the person you are with, you don't do yourself or them any favors by letting them be rude because that ain't going to get any better. And so you may as well call it out. And if they adjust their behavior, that's a good sign. If they don't, then stop wasting your time and get out. And that might seem harsh, but um, no, I have been on a lot of dates, and I've I, this is a a point that I've I've learned over having to overcome my innate sort of politeness and manners to say, you know, that was really uncalled for. Someone being being rude to a server, uh, someone, you know, being rude to to other people around you, uh, someone being rude to your date uh, is you know something I think it absolutely has to be called out. And I actually think movies do a disservice to the yeah. moment that Josh and I were trying to describe because it's not a it's often not a movie moment it's certainly nothing that could be captured in a movie because it's so individual and often it's so incredibly subtle i can't think of a single movie scene that captures it and all the typical movie scenes that people keep picking on you know when harry met sally and all of this other crap let alone all of the awful stuff from from the 80s, which is like guy becomes stalker and somehow wins girl despite breaking the law and threatening, you know, and, and you know, violating her personal space in numerous directions. It's like none of that knowingly works. So I actually think Hollywood is a disservice and I think it sets really bad expectations for people on what a date is and what a good date is. Oh, yeah. Agreed. Well, I got to tell you, I want to know what the listener thinks. Would you date a dandy? Are you a dandy looking to date? Email us. <laughs> so what we could do, Wes, on that note, before you email us at themoderndandy.live, is that if you think it would be a good idea to to auction a Zoom date with a dandy, we will we will start a competition to win a Zoom date with a dandy and that uh, you know, people can pick which dandy they want to date most. Ooh. I'm, I'm actually very terrified now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so email us at themoderndandy.life if you'd like to go on a date, Zoom date, remote date, because don't forget, we're all thoroughly well-spoken for, and we will uh, certainly consider uh, going on, going on <laughs> platonic dates. <laughs> platonic dates. <clears throat> and I just, sprung, I just sprung that one on Wes because I just thought it up. Surprise! We'll figure it out. (laughs) (laughs) And on that note, (laughs) email us at (laughs) themoderndandy.life. Lounging in my chair. Who's that casting devious stares in my direction? Mama, this surely is a dream. Yeah. 
Mama, this surely is a dream. Hanging round downtown by myself, and I've had too much caffeine, and I was thinking about myself, and then there she was in platform double suede. Yeah. She was like disco lemonade. I smell sex and candlelit here. Who's that lounging in my chair? Who's that casting devious stares in my direction? Mama, this Charlotte is a dream. And can they hear? Who's that lounging in my chair? Who's that casting devious stares in my direction? Mama, this surely is a dream. This must be my dream.